Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, please visit our website at www.trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. It was this time last year that we were in the midst of our two months of not being able to worship in person. Uh, that we had our Trinity Productions and were able to continue to connect like today with live stream and Facebook Live. And what a joy it is to be here a year later and to have in-person worship and be on the honor system about our mask. But what God doesn't want any of us to do is to live with a mask over our soul. God wants us to trust him with grace and to let our souls be bare before him so that he may shape us in the ways of Christ and the power of this Christ, as the author of Hebrews said, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, In a difficult time of the era when Hebrews was written, it was someone who understood the life of Joseph. He wrote about Joseph in his Hall of Fame chapter of Hebrews 11. And in the midst of his highlighting that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he knew it was the presence of God that made it possible for Joseph to, Joseph to live through the times that he did. And with the prophecy, uh, the author of Hebrews said, uh, there will come a time that every generation of believers uh, will need to know this truth for themselves of the constancy of Christ healing the wounds of our yesterdays and building upon the promises of what have gone before us. To make today count by seizing the day in light of God's grace that we would be courageous and to make for tomorrow by acting boldly in light of his promise. And that's where we are, isn't it? I mean, so much is happening so fast, it's hard for us to make sense of it all. And trying to keep up with it is talent enough, much less. Uh, trying to to get ahead of it. Getting ahead of it is like a God-sized challenge, and that's where we are in the midst of the tensions in America and and the plight of India with COVID. Bombs again exploding in Israel and Gaza in the West Bank. How will the world ever get better? Unless we can also see at the same time in the midst of the crisis, the word of God unfolding, where right now among us and across this world, there are people also enacting the the very best of God's goodness, smiling and laughing and praying and working alongside each one doing their part so each of us may may experience a better life. Uh, It is like the best and the worst being side by side. And in the midst of this, God says, trust me, that we can get into a God-sized challenge by helping to shape a future different than our painful present. How do we do that? Well, we continue to hear the words of Jesus when he said, come and follow me and I will make you. I will make you into a world changer as a fisher of people. Well, how do we do that? Well, something that we can all do. And when Jesus said, uh, love one another as I have loved you and love others as I have loved you. And then they will know that you truly are my disciples. And this way of, of Christ is trustworthy. You and I and we have been called to be world changers. 
by right-sizing the problems today by entrusting God so that tomorrow will be right-sized when we get there. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means when you began your senior year in high school last August, we, we prophesied that the day would come, that there would be an end of your senior year in high school. And that prophecy has arrived that tomorrow has become today. Because you were faithful with yesterday throughout your senior year in the strangest of years of high school seniors. You have done it. And that's why we gave you a standing ovation and the sense for you to know that we have been in your corner all along the way, rooting you in the ways of the followers of Christ and the promise for you. In the midst of this, for each one of us, as we are inspired by these five, some are anticipating that day coming for them. <laughs> I remember when my oldest brother graduated from high school, I asked him, I was so young, I was kind of into magical thinking, and I said, is there any way that we can trade places and I could miss all those years of school? And that day will come for you too as you trust in the ways of Christ. But all of those who have graduated from high school know that the calling of growing into a God-sized person to meet the challenges of God-sized problems hasn't stopped for you or for us. And this is where the story of Joseph helps us in three ways. That we may grow into God's purposes for our life. It was said of Joseph in Genesis 45, when he spoke to his brothers who, had, who resented him, were filled with envy and jealous against him, uh, they first contemplated to murder him, premeditated murder, and decided at the last to sell him into slavery with the Ishmaelites who took him down to Egypt, and they thought they were done with that son who had a coat of many colors, his father's favorite. Um, but God's purposes cannot, will not be defeated by sin. They will be deterred. Uh, they, can, they can find an alternate route. But God's purposes will always find their end uh, because that's who God is. And God at work on the life of Joseph was taking his dreams and preparing the future for his family and for the region by the person that Joseph would become because of the travail that he was surviving. And in Genesis 45, the brothers then, in their own dire situation, caught in a today that they just assumed be a yesterday and fearing what tomorrow would mean, uh, they were terrified when Joseph revealed that the prime minister of the land was actually the brother that they once tried to kill. And he said to them, oh, what you intended for harm, God has used for good. So don't be afraid. God sent me before you so that you would be able to survive. God sent me before you so that you would have a place to belong. God sent me before you so that God could work in a way for this whole region to make it through the seven years of famine. That God had shaped me in such a way that I could be used for his purposes. I didn't understand it all then, but I understand it now. Can I get an amen? You've been there. 
that you haven't understood everything in your life when, when your straight line went sideways and you wondered what is going on, God, only to discover that the sideways became a straight way again when you gave your crisis to God. And though you wouldn't go back there again and you didn't feel it at the time, you realized that that sideways was actually a time that you could feel the closest to God because you were absolutely dependent upon him. That's what shaped Joseph. For nearly 17 years preparing him after he graduated from high school in Hebron. And now... He was a problem solver by being a promise maker. See, we're sending you into the future. We're sending you into the future, as I shared earlier this morning, that when you write that letter to yourself 20 years from now for 2041, that, that, that you will envision your life trusting the promises of God and the person that you will become actually being more important than what you'll be doing because if you become this Christ-formed person as you're underway now, then what you need to do will be clear to you and you will do it dynamically and faithfully. But if you first focus on what you do before you become, well, the doing will get lost without power to accomplish its God's designed purpose. See, are you writing letters of the future? I hope you are. You know, John Gardner is the one who wrote it. it you know, old dogs can learn new tricks. It's not that they can't learn new tricks. It's just that old dogs think that puppies are made for new tricks. And besides, the, the older ones are busy paying off the the mortgage on their house. Uh, but let me tell you about H.C. Day, Dr. Dave, for many of us. He recently died. He died on April the 15th at age 102. He was playing his golf into his 90s. He was the family physician for all of Bernie in the region around Bernie when I was growing up. He stitched me up and healed me and sent me on life's ways many, during many a troubled time. The family had asked if I could officiate the graveside service, which I wasn't able to do, but I sent a prayer of blessing. Later, I discovered that they read a Psalm 151 that their dad had written. Now, all of you Bible scholars, you know how many chapters are there in Psalms? 150. And so he wrote an additional Psalm. He wrote it when he was 86 years old. He wrote it when he hadn't come to his full faith in Jesus Christ. He wrote it because he felt like there was something stirring more in his life. And so he wrote Psalm 151 as a calling to the person he wanted to become. Because he understood about God's grace. There was more for him that he needed to be. Here's what he wrote at age 86. He would die 16 years later, but he didn't know that, of course. How long must I wait for your vision, God? Show me your way, I pray. Do you not show grain how to make a plant and return it to be the grain? Show me how to return to you, dissect my ignorance, uh, direct the journey of my discernment. Show me confidence instead of doubt. Rid my mind of its stubbornness, start my journey to faith, keep my path direct and focused. I know I do not do what you desire. 
However, I cannot fear you, as most say I should, for you cannot harm. These thoughts show I do not know you if others know you like that. Something in me says, be good. Is that you speaking to me? Show me if it is you. You offer me much more than eternal life, but with that, you offer happiness now. Reveal yourself, I beseech you, to all whom I love, for do you not love them also? Help them and me receive you. Wipe away years and centuries, which mean nothing to you, but much to us. Cure my blindness, my ignorance, my stubbornness, and my reluctance. Show me, grant me the wisdom to perceive. Make me a believer, and I shall deliver you many. Four years before he died, at the age of 98, 8C day accepted Christ. I remember many of the conversations we had about science and faith and trust. He did so much good through the course of his life. And the goodness he did has a lasting power that has shaped many people like me. But here at 86, he was humble and courageous enough to say, there was that something more. And God showed it to him. I trust that you're praying about that something more if you're seeking to know this Jesus is real for you that you too will offer your a prayer of like a Psalm 151 and give it to God and I promise you God will deliver his answer to you. And so it was that if we we're willing to grow into God's purposes like Joseph came to understand and his brothers would be confronted to understand it will become clear to us that God's way is the best way. God makes straight ways out of the sideways. Two is to know. To know that God wants to work his best plans through you always. You've heard me for 12 years preaching. You've heard me say again and again in different ways, God has a best life for you. From wherever you are at any given moment, that evening when you go to bed, God recalibrates your life in light of his eternal grace to have a best life for you to go forward. There's not a wasted tomorrow if we will invest our today by learning from our yesterdays and give it to him. Confession, repentance, courage with faith. And so it is that God works for us in our life to make it so. In Genesis 39, in a passage that Maddie read for us, Joseph was one of this earlier stages of development before he revealed himself to the brother and he had moved from the, uh, from the dungeons to the palace. He'd moved from prison to the palace and after he'd been a forced slave sold into Egypt. Between those two, he had been thrown into this prison, unjustly accused, wrongly arrested, and tragically sentenced for an unending term. But you notice in Genesis 39, 
uh, 21 through 23, it says, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. The Lord did not abandon him, though people did. The God did not. And because God did not, Joseph learned to trust God more than ever before. And in doing so, he released his talent to be a problem solver in the midst of a problem prison. And there are many people in prison who aren't behind bars. Many people in prison who are alienated uh, from their best life who are lost by sin, not knowing there's a way out, who are today are in the, caught in a habit and an addiction of lying, deceit, of behavior and actions, rebellion and unfaithfulness that God wants to set you free. He is a better way. But it means that you've got to give it to him and let him do his thing. He'll deliver you. Jordan Morgan is a dear friend of our family. I, I first met Jordan when he was 12 years old, and now he's 32. 20 years later, when I first met him, I, I walked into the hospital room at Norton Children's Hospital in Louisville. He was awaiting brain surgery. A tumor was growing, threatening his life, threatening everything that the brain had been intended to accomplish within Jordan's life. And the surgery was a wonderful success. And the celebration of a life alive today, but a celebration of a life that gives life by his gift as an artist. And in the midst of that, when we get together, tears come to my eyes about the goodness of God that answered in such a way that Jordan had a best way forward. Now, it happens in different ways for us and not always in the ways that we would like. But if we're willing to see, if we have the eyes of faith to see, even as Joseph was able to see, uh, God is always working to bring about the best. And our call is to get in line with God so that his best can be accomplished. Uh, just think if your position where you are right now is the very place that God wants to do his best through you. Are you letting him? Are you trusting him? Are you making a future different than a painful past? See, in our today, we may be in the midst of a situation that we so much wanted to be a yesterday. We so much wanted to be behind us. But that God-sized challenge that we're in the midst of right now has to be right-sized by the way of trusting God so that when the tomorrows will come and they will come, when the future arrives and it will arrive, we have positioned the right-sizing because of our willing to trust today. See, this call of faith is a powerful call of God's positive vision in our world and for our lives. So live out your God-sized purpose. See, Joseph could have said, you know, my brother's purpose for me would be I would be no more, that I would die. My brother's purpose for my life is that I would be out of there. I'd be gone. They would never have to see me again. But Joseph said that wasn't God's purpose. And, and Joseph said it wasn't the purpose of Potiphar when he threw him into prison that was going to control him, that God had an ark. God had a narrative. God had a, a way of being at work in his life that even in that setting, if he was faithful, God would have a best way forward, and he did. So he wasn't intimidated 
when he came into the Pharaoh's presence. He wasn't intimidated to use his bold gift to interpret a dream, to interpret the meaning, to interpret to say, Pharaoh, God has revealed to you as a leader what the future will be like and you must lead so it will become clear for others. And Pharaoh appointed him to be the prime minister to make it happen. He didn't back off from the challenge. He had been right-sized for it by his trust in God. The storm clouds of history are forming in our world. We don't choose the times in which we live, but we must live in the times of where we are. And where we are living, we can do no less than Joseph. We can do no less than the early Christians from the book of Hebrews. We must, in the midst of this, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endures the cross, endured the cross and despised the shame. And is sit down right now at the right hand of the Father. Because we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us worship God with reverence and awe. <laughs> well, we have a Hall of Famer in our city, don't we? Tim Duncan, we know the greatest of the greats of all who played the game, was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and rightly so. And in being inducted, what Tim made clear is that the doing of the basketball came out of his being. That because he had learned in life from his family and at Wake Forest and from the Spurs culture and the life of San Antonio, that all the doing on the court of excellence and sweat and the hard work to be ready for the Game 7 of Championship Series and not be afraid of the moment, but to seize the moment because he had been prepared for the moment and pressurized practices and past games. But he said all of that was made possible because he'd also been taught how to live life while he played the game of basketball. See, some things that we think are most important are important, but they're not most important. That we would say, out of the words of Scripture and through the ways of Christ, that clearly what is most important is understanding this faith relationship with God. That's what Dr. Day came to understand when he was 98 years old. <laughs> Wasn't it beautiful to see Miles here? 20 months old and picturing the world that he's growing into. Well, that could feel a little scary. <laughs> But picturing Miles growing into the world by Brandon and Carter living the vows and the family being supportive and our being church family and that we can do this together. Yeah. Now that's exciting. And that's how God is counting for the world to be shaped. And you are leaders right now on the front line from Trinity University, the banks of the San Antonio River, crossing the Red River and going to Oklahoma University, of crossing the Mississippi and going to Auburn, of being held along the banks of the Brazos River at Baylor, 
called the arms of God's grace. We're going to TCU and the place of Texas Christian University and live the meaning. No better time to be alive because it's God's time. Don't waste God's time. Let's pray. So it is, Lord, we're in your time right now with what you allow us to call an invitation to your love. Let it be that we say yes through Christ. Amen. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, please visit our website at www.trinitybaptist.org.